Welcome to Day 6 Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Swick. On this show, we share testimonies from all aspects of the equine industry that will inspire you to pursue your purpose, optimize your potential, and prevail in peace. If you want to get more out of life and build your legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com to stay connected. Welcome back to another week here at Day 6 Ranch Podcast. A couple weeks back, we got to spend some time in Lexington, Kentucky at the National Horse Show. We had a great time helping some organizations out that way, and even got to stop in and spend some time with our friends at Double Dan Horsemanship. Now, I think we had a day off in between flying home from Kentucky and heading down to National Roper Supply in Decatur, Texas for the 2023 American Hero Celebration. I got to sit down with Bill Force, who's a board member for the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. Now, Bill and I previously worked together on a horsemanship program serving veterans this last summer. And in our conversation, Bill was gracious enough to invite the podcast down to memorialize the American Hero Celebration. We had an absolute blast putting this episode together, as this was an all-hands-on-deck operation with many, many moving parts. We set up all the podcast equipment in an old saddle shop there at the Covered Arena and got to recording. It was an absolute honor to sit down with co-host Jeremy Svitzer from Charlie 5 and share testimonies with the men and women who breathe life into an incredible organization that takes pride in action and continuously serving the warrior community. We got to sit down with the man who dreamt up the idea, Mr. Charlie Crawford. We sat down with board members, ambassadors, alumni of the event, volunteers, and participants. And you won't have to get too far into this episode to understand why this is such an important event in the lives of so many. For more on the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, you can visit libertyandloyaltyfoundation.com to stay up to date with all their events and opportunities to give back to the warrior community. For more on Charlie 5, you can visit charlie5.org to learn more about their mission and how they pair warriors with some incredible horses. Let's kick this two-part episode series off with 10-time NFR qualifier, Mr. Charlie Crawford. Well, Charlie, we can't thank you enough for setting some time aside for us here at Day 6 Ranch Podcast, and it's incredible. We're in full swing here at the Horns and Heroes event, and I want to tell the story. We were talking a little bit before this thing got kicked off this morning. We're standing there in the pan, and you talked about how this all kind of came to be through a conversation you had with your wife at mm-hmm. lunch. Let's build on that and, and hear how that kind of came to be. So, a friend of mine that I was rodeoing with, we were always trying to do things to make ourselves better, and... He was really one of my best traveling partners. His name was Garrett Jesson. So if we seen someone that looked like they might need some lunch bought to maybe make their day, like we would try to jump on things and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And anytime we seen anybody in uniform, we always bought their lunch. And just those little ways of saying thank you. And a lot of times we did it without even even acknowledging it. Just uh just to do the right thing. And so my wife and I we was traveling back from Pendleton one year. She flew up to come see me at Pendleton and then helped me drive back to Texas. And I think we stopped in Albuquerque and we seen a group of military guys having lunch. And so we picked up their check and left. And of course, she's always a lot better about breaking down details than I am. And she, she said something like, man, can you imagine what could a guy even do to be able to do something for these guys? There's like, there's not a way to say thank you enough. And so it was kind of long, one of those along the lines of what actions could we actually do that would actually make a difference. And the only thing we kind of come up with was we were both really good at clinics. And so we thought, well, maybe, maybe just putting on a roping clinic for free and see if there's anyone. I know there's a few of them that rope. And, and so we opened up a place and we took 15 headers and 15 healers and 
and free stalls, free plugins, and free roping clinic. And I think the guys even donated the, the cattle to row for free. And yeah. then for long, the, the town got behind it, and Hard Eight started bringing us food. And yeah. the rodeo committee started mm-hmm. getting behind us and serving it. And then my sponsors got behind it and started uh, donating prizes. And it almost turned into an opportunity where we gave the, the Western industry to get behind something to support it as well. It was yeah. an avenue right there that we kind of just stumbled on and created. And, and then in, by two, that started in 2014. Then by 2020, it had really grown. Yeah. And that's a, like, give thanks to Trey Johnson that when he brought his ministry, this to it, what it was able to be a clinic, he turned it into something more than just a clinic where yeah. people were getting help with PTSD. They were getting help struggling spiritually. The amount of people that gave their life to Christ. And so it was turning into more than just a clinic. Yeah. Incredible to think that all started with just a conversation over lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in, it's incredible to see the transformation that's take place. And I know it's been several years, but it seems like in a relatively short amount of time, this thing has blown up and it's just reaching lives in ways. I don't know if it's fair to say it's reaching lives in ways that you probably never dreamt in that initial conversation. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. So an awful lot of times, you know, as a service member myself or, you know, Jason being a police officer for all the years he was, you, you have people come up and they say thank you for your service and they, they, they say things that, you know, we support, we support you and stuff like that. And sometimes it just feels hollow. Mm-hmm. And, and I know myself, I've oftentimes in my own head asked like, well, you support us, well, what do you do? And it's, and through this event, you're showing what you're doing and it's making a huge impact on our community on our side, but I'm really curious as to where that passion to do this, where is it really rooted? So my dad was a Marine and he instilled that Patriot bone, obviously. And, you know, I remember it like it was yesterday. I, uh, I was a punk kid, you know, it was, that's no, (laughs) that's no secret right there. And so I, uh, I remember when we were, I was standing out there, I think I was just out of college and we had a circuit finals up there at home in Oregon. And I was sitting out there in the middle of the arena and there was during the national anthem and we were in front of the the whole crowd. And during the national anthem, one of my buddies was pestering me from behind. Well, I turned my back to the American flag and I'm sure we were really talking about something really important, like where we headed after the rodeo. (laughs) And I did, I turned my back to the flag and and for my excuse that i can relate to where a lot of kids are at you know when you grow up in the rodeo arena you hear the national anthem you know so many times and you almost get dull you almost get numb to it a little bit and you know especially guys going to 100 and some rodeos a year you know it it can you just don't really think about it becomes it. part of the process yeah and i remember as i was walking out and it was no which like i say there's no excuse but when i remember walking out you know even in after college I still kept my head on a swivel where my dad was at. <laughs> I seen him walking out of the stands, down the steps, and he was standing by the gate as I was walking out. And I seen that finger where he was like, you better get your ass over here. And I walked over there. I'm like, man, is everything all right? I'm like, I haven't, I haven't competed yet. I'm already in trouble, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, is everything all right? He said, no. He says, you turn your back to that flag again, I'll whip your ass. So, I did turn my back to that flag. He said, don't you ever do that. He said, that is disrespectful for everyone who's ever served. That's disrespectful for your country. And I said, I did do that. I'll never do it again. And even to this day now, you can't really have a conversation with me during the national anthem. Yeah. Because that was my way of respecting my dad, my way of respecting this country. But luckily, I actually had a dad that actually kind of pursued that military bone that that patriot bone in your body right Mm -hmm. there because there's so many i think kids that just kind of get numb to it 
Again, you know, especially when it's every day in class or if it's every day at the rodeos, you get numb to it. And like for him, he woke my ass up right there. Yeah. And I never forget that. And I was I was thankful every day that my dad did instilled that. And yeah, to where this thing is going now, to where I see so much appreciation from the guys of of what this means to them. It's it's uh it's like man, I I can't tell you guys thank you enough. So yeah. incredible moment for your dad though to uh, pour into you. I'm a firm believer that the American father can fix this country. We just have to equip the father to take on that role. Yeah, the dad's be able to got to get back into the role he was designed to be in for sure. And this event here, Horns and Heroes, I guarantee are one of those contributing events where you're taking men who, I mean, there's bumps and bruises in life when you live in the warrior community. We're no different than anybody else. But for you to open their eyes and their perspectives on life and to put the important things back out in front, just like Trey did here a little bit ago mm-hmm. for us, it's an incredible moment to, to watch that pendulum swing and watch that transformation take place. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. That's uh, the one thing I always tell everyone that comes to this clinic. Some people have never roped before. Some people have already roped a little bit. And I always tell them the Western industry is a little different. You know, we we, we stick up for our own and, yes, and our values are pretty strong. Like you, I always tell them, I said, you'll like it here. Mm-hmm. It's not what you see on the news. And you know, it's been crazy with some of the transformation just in this clinic. I've had one guy that came there rope before yeah. and left, uh, taught him how to rope the first day. Second day, got on a horse. By the end of the clinic on day two, he, was, he, he caught a steer. That's incredible. And left there and bought a horse, bought a trailer, bought a classic rope and a dog. Now he's on down <laughs> the road. Now he's hooked. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's a great outlet. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things to where it's like – on American Sniper, the one thing I truly loved on that movie was when they went out there shooting and the guy was in a wheelchair. He hadn't shot since, you know, for who knows mm-hmm. how long. And they went out shooting and he says, looked at Chris Kyle and he said, man, I feel like I got my balls back. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that's what's cool about this this event is they get that adrenaline again. They get that competition again. They get to be around their guys again. It's kind of like getting their balls back and then some yeah. perspective for some of these guys. So yeah. it's, 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 it's an honor to be able to get to facilitate that experience. It's been incredible to watch this transformation take place. I mean, you talk about it starting in your backyard and what it's grown to be. Can you talk about some of the experiences and how you leveled up over the years in building out more encompassing experiences to kind of feed that fire that you describe in these guys? So when I first started it, it was just the creativity of like, all right, if I'm going to have this jackpot, I wonder what it would be. And so, I had noticed that in a few of these guys, we had talked about like what it means to some of these guys. And I remember one time I watched a guy that I had known for a lot of years show up at the first event in the military first responder open. And I had no idea he was in the military. Really? Had no idea. Wow. And I had never seen that side of him. You could tell when he was around his guys, there was a different guy. There, the shit talking was back. <laughs> the 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 smiles, the laughter. You could tell he was in his element. Yeah. And I'm like, so that's what camaraderie looks like. It's yeah. just kind of one of those things. I kind of learned this as I'm going a little mm-hmm. bit to where there's that little need and that little filter right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, now I can see where this military first responder open needs to happen yeah. right here. Then I thought, okay, if I can get enough money at it, maybe I can get the best guys in the world here. Okay, maybe now they can get an experience what it's like to rope with one of the guys are about to watch on TV. And so I facilitated that with the military first responder pro roping, which a lot of them called pro-ams, but mm-hmm. I refuse to call it that because 
how do you call somebody that can kill someone 57 different ways with their hands an amateur? <laughs> right. So I call them what they are, the, right. the military first responder pro roping. And that roping has become, has taken on a life of its own. That's where I'm seeing the pro guys cheering on the, the, the military guys. And then everyone's just hoppering here. And then obviously some trash talking. Oh yeah. And, but I'm telling you, it just, it, 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 it's, it's something to where we pray before every event. We pray before every meeting we have. And it's something to where we want God to be able to speak through us and, and live through us to where we can do what we, what we do so we can feel God's presence. And when I seen that military first responder pro roping up here outside on a seven degree day here at NRS, you could feel God's presence. How incredible. And I was like, holy smokes. When I had our announcers coming up and they said, we've never seen anything like this. We announce ropings all the time. We've never seen this kind of like camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Even the open ropers. Yeah. The flaggers that come up to me and said, oh, we've never seen anything like this. Like, we're used to people coming and complaining to us about the cattle. Like, yeah. these guys are just excited to be here. And, like, this was a fun event. The secretaries behind the office were like, we're usually getting cussed out from, like, the payout not being right. Yeah. And these guys yeah. are just as happy as can be. And it was just, it was it was an environment that was so different from our team roping culture, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it was amazing. And it was like, well, you want to listen to God. That was, that yeah. was it. And it just kept sparking more ideas and more things. And then I thought, well, if I can get the, the best guys in the NFR to sit here and rope right here in front of them and let them see what this looks like at eye level, let them see how fast this is. For some of them only watching on TV, none of them's ever got to see it. Mm-hmm. So let me show you guys here when you, what it looks like to be the best in the world. And then I heard someone say, man, can you imagine what it'd be like to rope in that? I was like, give me a year. Hold on one second. I Hang got on. some. <laughs> so then the next year I thought, okay, now let's have the military first responders short round yeah. in that NFR showdown. Mm-hmm. That way they get to feel what it's like to rope one in a Thomas and Mac setting yeah. and get that feel of what it's like to be at the NFR. So the guys who win it, they get to make a victory lap. It's like they won the NFR. We got fully tooled saddles and buckles sitting there and hold up a check for 10000 a man. That is awesome. And so we just my thought of you know while you guys were fighting for my freedom this is the things i got experienced and so i want to be able to bring that bring that to the table and then as far as going forward i want to pack that nfr showdown this year and next year if not this year i want to pack that sucker next year let's do it i want it to where when they freaking show up and they win it i want them to feel what it's like when you ring the bell at the rodeo and that crowd is freaking roaring over the top of you imagine that feeling that you some people have never felt. Yeah. And it's the one thing I miss about rodeo. <laughs> that is that adrenaline shot right there. It's yeah. like, holy, yeah. If I can get that, that's the next thing yeah. that I cannot wait to be able to. Well, that's a feeling you'll never a forget. Yeah. Yeah. There's a will. And with a this team that we have with uh, Liberty and Loyalty, we'll get it done. Yeah. It's incredible to watch year after year, event after event, you start to layer what you described just start to layer on the experience and layer on the experience becomes more deep and more rich and leaves a a, a more lasting impression. A lot of what we do at day six ranch is bridge that gap between a dream and an action plan to make that thing a reality. Dare I ask the question, what does the future hold when it, when we talk about dreaming for the Liberty and loyalty foundation? I want that in a far arena pact. I want, that's the one thing that I think that these guys would love Love to see. I mean, we can set goals on, you know, how much money we can raise. And, you know, we can't forget the fact of what this is truly about, which is helping disabled veterans and mm-hmm. getting them in homes. And that's where my true passion came from. And, you know, last year we was able to help um, with Brotherhood for the Fallen, an officer that was 
killed tragically in the line of duty. And my heart is, is if something was to happen to me that I know the Western industry would take care of my family. Well, you guys don't always have that. And that pisses me off. So they all would. We'll do it ourselves. <laughs> I appreciate taking the gumption to make it happen. Yeah. And yeah. so that was always something that, that I remembered, you know, rodeo and was, ah, man, if something was ever to happen to me, you know, like just making sure everything was yeah. at least, at least they have a home, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the one thing about building homes for heroes. We want to make sure, you know, some of these guys get a home place and, of land. you know, the family's taken care of if something was to happen. And, you know, those are things that, that, uh, will never leave me, but our gala is going to keep growing. We're going to keep raising more money. We're going to keep up more people. And I know that, but also make sure too, is like, we got enough guys right here hurting as well. Yes, sir. That are showing yeah. up here at the rope. Yeah. They're showing up exactly. here at the clinic that are in amongst us every day. I want to be able to lift some of that burden off of them a little bit to make sure that we don't lose no more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you give them an experience that they'll never forget. It's going to keep something to wake up for. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Western way of life and, you know, rodeo, uh, uh, Western equ- equestrian sports and stuff like that. It's a, it's a perfect home for men and women mm-hmm. who've served to come be a part of because the morals and values align. It's welcoming. Mm-hmm. People, people are always willing to help you out. And that's rooted in something that's obviously very passionate. I'm very passionate about the horse. And um, I, I've said it before and I've asked the hypothetical question to, to folks before. It, something came along somehow, some way tomorrow you woke up and you couldn't have horses anymore. Think about how you'd feel about that. And for what we do uh, as an organization at Charlie five is you think about somebody that has nothing and then we give them that. Mm-hmm. And that gives them that, that stepping stone and that purpose to drive forward. So the horse being kind of central in, in what we're all talking about, you've made your career. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're an incredible team roper. You're one of the best, best in our generation of, of team ropers, and you've done it on the back of a horse. Can you kind of tell us and, and lead us into maybe how did, aside from roping, the horse and how it's had an impact on you and what it's done for you in your life aside from roping? So horsemanship's always been a big thing in our household. My dad was a really good horseman. He was way better of a horseman than I was. Jackie, same way way better than I am at it. And so, but horsemanship has always been something that's been very attracted to, to us. And I would probably say that when I heard that Chris Francis saying, or Ian Francis, excuse me, um, that anger begins where knowledge ends. Mm-hmm. That one, that one really, really resonated. And I would say that probably defined my twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And now that I know where I'm at now and, and where I'm at as a person and as a horseman and, you know, and now I see kids that are, you know, trashing on their horses and, you know, taking their anger out on their horses. And Trevor Brazil has probably one of the best things at, at that. He said little kids that can't control their emotions turn into big kids who can't control their emotions. Mm-hmm. So I used to go over there with my rope over my hand and tell them if they did it again, I'd walk them over the head. And I've tried to slow down a little bit now. <laughs> and... I tried to relate now a little bit more because I was that kid. And so now it's more of a, man, I've been where you're at, but man, this is your teammate mm-hmm. and you have your horse, a tie down on your horse. So you're literally whipping an innocent defenseless animal. Yeah. So how does that make you feel? You know, so I try to let's I'm trying to go the route of at least letting them think about what they're doing a little bit. Cause I know mm-hmm. 
their emotions are out of control. So that's understandable. Then also let them know too, is like, you do this one more time. Like who knows the next time who's filming? There's right. a lot of associations out there that would love to get us banned. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be, I, when I was a little kid, I used to talk about that when I would, I would actually tell people not to do that. And they're like, it's none of your business, not your horse. I kind of agreed with it. It was their horse. It was none of my business until people started doing that and they started getting filmed and we started seeing events getting canceled yeah so yeah. yes now it is now our it, business now it becomes mm-hmm. your business and so i tell everyone in all my clinics you guys stand up for that horse you see that stuff happening don't tolerate that yeah. that's bull crap this mm-hmm. is your business this is your sport and so we got to keep that clean from things like that happening but you know so that's that's kind of my preaching on it but as far as what the horsemanship has done for me and 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 what it means to me is i've always had a story that i tell in my clinics a lot of times not to everybody but every once in a while i'll kind of drop this story is um in 2012 when my dad had cancer you know we had had a rough a rough relationship fought a lot argued a lot fist fought you know you, you go down the line of of how that can you can imagine where some of this went and you know, my dad was an alcoholic. He uh, cussed all the time, not faithful, loving, drinking, fighting cowboy era. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And when he got cancer, I had been going to church before that, and I had gotten baptized, and I had tried to change my life. And when he got cancer, he went down the same path. He started going to church. He quit drinking immediately, quit chewing, just completely changed his life. And... It was, it was amazing to see. And he actually had asked me if I would baptize him, which was a funny story in itself because I remember when I went to church, went to baptize him. He, I could have put him in the water and he both hands for each side of the tub and he pulls himself back up and looks me in the eye and he says, all right, now we've had a lot of beef, but this is no time to get even. Making sure retaliation <laughs> did rear its ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> he had the whole congregation laughing. He had a great sense of humor, but boy, he had a hair trigger. And, but man, on the horsemanship, he was just as patient as could be. And so I remember coming home in 2012 and I remember I was coming home in between some rodeos and I was trying to spend some time with him. And I noticed every morning he'd get up and he'd go mess with his yearling colt and he's picking up his feet, teaching how to clean his feet and he's bucking and kicking and farting. And he's like, oh, it's okay. You know, just as calm as could be. And, Mm. you know, not, not one foul language getting dropped. And, and I got to thinking, you know, we need to go spend some more time together. We need to at least go do something together while I'm here. And so I thought, well, I've been, I had been having a hard time collecting my horse in the corner. Uh, Chris Cox had helped me a lot with some drills and some things like that. And my dad was really good at it. I mean, he could be out there in a halter and he could open this horse up and just barely even touch the reins. And this sucker would just melt like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. So his horsemanship was always good. And I thought, you know, that'd be good for him and I'd go do something together. And right. I also kind of baited him in because I also knew, too, that it wasn't going to take very long. He was going to get frustrated with me and start throwing out profanity. And I think it was like five minutes into it. And here, <laughs> here it came. Gosh, dang it, Charlie. I can't believe you even made the NFR the way you ride. I can't believe you hadn't figured this out by now. And I told him, I said, well, you know, this is my humor. I said, well, I'm glad at least I finally got to meet your expectations where now at least I know more than I should, because before that, I didn't know anything. Anything at all. So, at least I've, hey, we're at least I've graduated, world. right? <laughs> so, he kind of started laughing. And I set him up in the fact of, I told him, I said, I sat and watched you, Dad, for two day, two mornings in a row, piddle with this stupid yearling on just being able to clean its feet out. And not one time that you ever even show one ounce of anger or frustration or nothing. You just kept telling, oh, you'll get it, you'll get it. 
And then I said, today, this morning, I said, I think he set a record in 15 minutes. That horse just picked his feet up and he got it. I said, if you would show me that kind of patience, I said, I know I'll get it. Yeah. And that right then and there was our last argument we ever had. He died in 2020. And he went from my biggest critic to my biggest fan that day. And I remember it. I remember it. I remember exactly where we were at. I remember what time of year it was and what year it was. Because that was something that was a huge shift in our relationship. Yeah. And I owe that to horsemanship. You know, it's amazing because we both kind of found, you know, a little bit that sometimes our horsemanship will reveal what's on the inside of us. You know, if we're angry and and pissed off at our horse, are we mad at them or are we mad at ourselves? When we ride, you know, real aggressively and sharp, do we treat other people that way? You know, it's amazing what it'll uncover on the inside of yourself of, of what the horsemanship can do and. I can only imagine what you guys do through your program where people uncover some of those issues and, and shine them to light. And, and it's amazing what the animals can, can show us. Yeah, exactly. It's a very profound tool in, in being that mirror and allowing individuals to see themselves objectively, you know, free of the criticism or the shame or the guilt. And it affords guys and gals the opportunity to start working on some things because like we've joked about here, you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And you start to go down these roads and you don't realize how far down these roads you are. But the horses afforded us all another opportunity in life. I think that's fair mm-hmm. to say. And I'll tell you, Charlie, I have the utmost respect for you taking action on all this and building out a dream. And it's incredible to see what you're doing to steward opportunity and serving the warrior community. And, and I'm blessed to bear witness to it. I'll tell you that. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for just getting the word out that, you know, what we're doing. And I think that the more people hear about it and, and, and know this is, you, you have to see it to believe it. And, you know, some, something that's real, you have to kind of be there. It's really yeah. hard to explain yeah. it. The things that I have seen out here that from the, the wives that have been in tears from the, how happy their husband has been, they ain't seen that in so long. The, you know, the, the guys that have said this is the best day of their life. And the amount of guys that walked up to me and said that it's going to keep a bullet out of their mouth. And, you know, that's, that's real. That's, that's something that I, you know, never really considered on some of these things was how high the suicide rate is. And to give these guys something to look forward to year in and year out, you know, it just lets me know there's a higher calling and he's letting me know why I'm down here. Well, I appreciate you having the courage to step out on it and be a steward. I really appreciate it. And to, and to take the platform and, and what you're doing instead of making it so, so it's going to be a, a, a revenue generator for your, your own pocket, you're taking, taking the event and you're putting it out there to do, to do good things for other people and, and for the veterans and for the first responders, you're using what you have accomplished over your career to make their dreams come true. Well, and, I appreciate uh, that, but I, I'm just kind of the, I, I got my name behind it, but I can't really take all the credit. You know, God put this on my heart and, and, and you, you know, took action on that. That's, that's what I appreciate really, that. You, and you we have an amazing team that's, this helped put this thing together as well. And it's, uh, it can't go without that. Anyone knows these moving parts. Mm-hmm. It's man, the family we've grown into this and the, the military and first responders that donate their time and come out here and make this happen. It's, it's been, it's been fun to watch. It's, it's incredible to watch. I've been here the last, this is my third year coming out and watching. I, I'd be honest with you, when Bill called me, uh, Bill Force called me and uh, Cold called me, said, hey, I saw you on Chris Cox. I want you to come out and check this out and this and that and the other. I'd been, I'd been burned 
a few times, you know, we don't generate a lot of money and, mm-hmm. and I don't have a lot of time scale wise. I'm a lot smaller than you, but it sounded, it sounded like a good opportunity and it sounded like a good direction to be able to send our folks. I, I thought it over and I talked, I talked with, uh, our folks and I called Bill back and I said, Hey, if, if, if I come out there, I'm not going to just be sitting in a corner. Like I, I, I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Can, can you introduce me to people? Can you he said, absolutely, absolutely. I'll introduce you to anybody you want to know. I'll mm-hmm. absolutely inter- introduce you to people you don't want to know. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I took that leap and it was a scary leap because timing in my life and mm-hmm. things going on, I, I came out and, uh, he did exactly that in true fashion of the way we are in this way of life. He stood by his word and yeah. I met all kinds of people. And that was enough for me to say, you know what? I'm not going back for just a couple of days. I'm going to go out there and stand around the whole event. And we've had our veterans uh, and first responders who come through our program come out here. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, it's been a life-changing Greg? thing. And yeah, Greg. Greg came out. He put a lot on the line to be able to make it out here. Mm-hmm. And most improved. It all we'll, paid we'll, off. Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll be talking with yeah. him about that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, then we come back this year. Well, I tell you what. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, about getting burnt. You know, we we talked to a lot of different 501c3s that were actually military about, you know, just some ideas, some things, and some things not to do. And the amount of times we've been burned. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, nothing financially. Just the, the like, hey, can you guys go back and read your mission statement? Yeah, but we're not holding water. Yeah. Like, wow. we're not in competition here. Yeah. There should be no competition. We're all trying to help. We're all, we're all on the same team here. Yeah. You know, where some of these guys have just like left you ghosted or just all of a sudden like thought of you as competition. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no competition, jackass. Like, yeah. read There's your so damn mission statement. Right. You're dang right. Yeah. Like, that, we're in this for a good purpose, not yeah. to see who's better. Yeah. And, and, that, and to me, that burnt me a little bit myself. Well, I, I didn't say. think, I didn't think that way. You don't think that way when you don't think that way. But, right. Yeah. Well, and that means a lot to me because it's, it's, a t- it tells me, you just saying that tells me that, you know, we have the same mindset. Damn right. I'm, I'm here. God put me on this earth to help people. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. Yeah. You know, we just listened to Trey talk. God put me on earth to help people. And and I've fought and struggled and highs and lows to, to get seven years into this organization and to and to continue helping people. Yeah. And quite honestly, you're opening that door for us a bit more, a lot more, to show the world and to show our veterans, to show other entities that we're legitimate we're legitimate mm-hmm. and we're not going anywhere yeah i want to see the liberty and loyalty foundation the horns and heroes the american hero celebration yeah horns and heroes and we got the yeah we got the united we brand united we, we brand we get the i want to see all that ranch. Su- pretty cool. succeed yeah because it's a way and it's a direction for me to send people mm-hmm. when they Absolutely. come to me yeah I get people all the time. I was on the phone with a lady um, on my way from New Mexico driving down here. She's looking for an avenue. She's looking for a direction. And being able to send them in a direction, to give them purpose, to give them hope, and to be able to do that centered around an event or something with like-minded people, Mm -hmm. it's life-saving. Yeah, it's yes. life saving because we did. We had that. We had that happen a few years ago. We had a few seals that were going to come. We uh, we actually got invited to the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. They yeah. were going to honor uh, liberty and loyalty, and so we brought the guys out there and got to go through the net, the grand entry. And we had two of them kill themselves a couple of days before that. 
And so it's, it's kind of like me and Bill was thinking like, man, we got to, it's not that we have to just have too many events, but we've got to have enough events where that keep them around, keep them looking forward to something enough yes, to where we, we keep that from happening. So, Absolutely. and I appreciate what you're doing and the horses. I mean, it is, it's amazing what, what animals can do. And so I appreciate Absolutely. your time and effort and thank you guys for, for coming thank here. I appreciate Thanks. it. Let's Thanks get back so to teaching some roving. That's right. We'll see you on the next one. What an incredible snapshot that Charlie provided us on how the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation got its start. It was also incredible to hear his father's influence in his life. And if you didn't catch it, go back and listen to how horsemanship positively affected his relationship with his dad. Now moving on, we got to spend some time with Ambassador Mr. Dre Sanchez. Dre does an incredible job explaining how the draw of the culture within the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation motivates so many to give back. Here is Mr. Dre Sanchez. All right, Dre, I want to thank you very much for setting some time aside and sitting down with us here at Day 6 Ranch. Well, we're at the Horns for Heroes event with the American Hero Celebration and the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, what branch of service you represent, and then we'll kind of get into your involvement here. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Andreas. Everybody calls me Dre Sanchez. I'm originally from New Mexico, but I reside in Boyd, Texas now. Nice. I served in the U.S. Army six years, and I am an ambassador for the American Hero Celebration here with Loyalty and Liberty Foundation. So tell us a little bit about your start and, and how you first became involved with the foundation. So at first, actually, I came here, moved here about eight years ago. I love team roping, met some people here locally, and they had told me, they said, hey, did you see that Charlie Crawford is doing a, uh, a military appreciation team roping clinic? And I said, no. They're like, yeah, and I think it's free. So I jumped online. I looked around. I saw it. Sure enough, I signed up. Got lucky enough, I got picked. Mm -hmm. And that was the start of something that I, I love giving my time to now. Yeah, yeah. Let's build on that and, and tell us a little bit about your experiences during the actual event that first time through. Okay, so the first time through you get here and it's a lot just like anybody that's gone to the military when you show up to basic or you show up to a new unit, anything like that. It's a bunch of different personalities that you guys are all, you know you have one common goal, yeah. but you don't know each other's personalities. It's a little so disorienting. It, it felt just like showing up to a new unit, new base, something like that, but just like the military by that first night, you're starting to know guys, personalities, joking around, goofing off. Yeah. And I loved it. It, yeah. it reminded me, kind of took me back yeah. to the military days, the, the good parts of that that I remember. Heck yeah. That's awesome. So as an ambassador, you've volunteered to give back to the organization, give back to the foundation. We have a tendency or we live in a self-serving world now, right? Most people take what they can from it and they move on you've made the decision to, to give back to the foundation. Can you explain or build on some of your driving force as to why you feel so compelled to take not only what your initial experience was, but come back and support the next group through? Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of, I got a story about that. So after I participated the first year, I thought this is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Everybody I know needs to, if they served, they need to experience this if they live in the Western way of life or they team rope. So that next year that they put it out, I shared it. On social media, I, I tagged a bunch of my military buddies that I know that rodeo or, or rope because I wanted them to experience it. Mm -hmm. I stayed in contact with Charlie and the people that were kind of helping get it going when it first started. Well, come to find out, I didn't sign up because I didn't want to be greedy. I wanted everybody else to experience yeah. what I had experienced. And then after the event, I got a call from Charlie and he's like, 
Hey man, we were short on people. Why didn't you sign up? I was like, I'd have absolutely signed up again, but I didn't want to take a spot from someone else who had not got to experience it. Yeah. I said, so please, if you're ever short, I'm in the area, I will be I'll there. Fill a seat. Right. I'll fill a seat. So then the, the third year comes up and he said, Hey, we're short on healers. Even though you had, I said, I do both. I'll be there. And so of course I came, helped out, rope, did that. And it's just, it's, Re, it, what it is, it's like a breath of fresh air for a bunch of soldiers and first responders where you get the camaraderie and the good parts of when we served and none of the bad. Yeah. And when I see what that's like for everybody else, I was like, this is an organization I want to be a part of. That's awesome. And so that's when I made the decision. I was like, no, as long as this thing is going, I'm here to make, see everybody else enjoy it as much as I did. I love it. I love it. The servant's heart, you know, it's something that's laid very deeply in most of us. And uh, life after service can be a little disorienting, but it sounds like through this foundation, you found your purpose and, and your drive again to serve and uh, serve an element in which you, you come from being the warrior community. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I enjoy it like this morning. I got this post up that, hey, I'm here to meet a bunch of new soldiers and first responders and start another great week. I look forward to this week all year long. Heck so. Yeah. so lastly, I want to discuss the influence the horses had in your life. Let's talk about life post-service and and what the horse has done for you in your growth? So after the service, I work for the federal government. I'm an air traffic controller. And one of my instructors, when I first got started, he told me, he said, I'm going to tell you, do you have a hobby? And I had started team roping, Mm -hmm. but it was, I would say, a hobby. I hunted probably a little Mm -hmm. more aggressively than I I team rope. And he said, I'm going to tell you right now, the only way you're going to make it with this and keep everything between the ears correct is you need to have a hobby to decompress. Yeah. And he was one of the most respected guys in the building. So I took everything he said and took it to heart. And so I started really getting the roping. And, you know, I noticed the hunting so seasonal that I needed something more consistent in my life to give me that decompress. And I started noticing that every time I walked outside, as soon as I cinched up and I was horseback, there was nothing else in the world happening. None of the problems, none of the stresses from training or from work. Nothing going on in my life. Everything seemed to flush away once I was horseback. And it just, it gave me peace. And it gave me an opportunity to just communicate with an animal through cues and stuff like that. And not using words. And the horses can sense your emotion. And so it just made my bond with the horse so much stronger that at this point now, I thrive on learning horsemanship even more than team roping. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So in talking about that, have you have you noticed that you've been able to carry that piece and that ability to let things go into your life outside of being horseback? Absolutely. There's times where um, I see that I kind of need it. So I'll make it a priority for me to get horseback or something like that. It's because I know that once I get off the horse, it's almost like a reset for me. So I might know I have something challenging coming up or something like that. I can spend a little time on my horse. And it doesn't always have to be horseback. I can be working my new filly on the ground, and that's just as good. It's like once I am in the presence of that animal and I'm working with that animal, all my troubles, everything just kind of goes away. So, yeah, to your point, there's some times where I know I'm fixing to have an intense week or something like that or have an event coming up. I'll go maybe preload some peace, for lack of a better term. (laughs) With my animals. Take it on credit. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. So I'll absolutely do that. Good stuff. Well, Dre, again, we can't thank you enough for setting some time aside. I know you're a busy man and you're a man in demand at this event, <laughs> but uh, it's great getting to sit down with you and share a little bit and 
we thank you for all that you're doing to pour back into that word. No, and I, it means a lot to us. I appreciate you guys doing this and getting the word out because, like you, you we talked a little bit before, somebody out there might hear this and it might strike strike a chord with them, and yes, that's sir. that's what we need to do because we're just one big community. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. We'll thank talk you. to you soon. Yes, sir. It's incredible to hear Dre describe how the horse provides stability and recharges his life's battery in all that he does as an air traffic controller. Now moving on, we spent a little bit of time with another ambassador, Mr. Kip Human. Kip describes how his experience with horses helped lay a foundation and prepare him for a life of service. Here is Mr. Kip Human. Well, Kip, we can't thank you enough for coming by and sitting down with us here at Day Six Ranch Podcast. We know as an ambassador, you're flying around this event, trying to make it all work here at the Horns and Heroes event. But if you don't mind, just introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll kind of get into your experiences here at this event. Okay, I'm I'm Kip Human. Uh, I live in Weatherford, Texas, and I was in the Marine Corps. Good stuff. So, how did you first get involved with Liberty and Loyalty Foundation? I went to the clinic to charlie's clinic four years ago it was the last year we had it in stephenville Mm -hmm. and uh, a buddy of mine told me about it and he said you need to stay on top of it and as soon as entries open you need to yeah get in on it uh, books feel quick i was lucky enough i did get in on it and you know it was it was a great experience for me yeah you know growing up in nebraska you don't have the clinicians up there that come up and teach roping it's too dang cold (laughs) <laughs> too, too dang cold yeah it's up in the middle of nowhere so but it was i just i wanted to further my roping and i knew that or i just kind of had an idea that charlie and trey could could do push that. things along you bet yep yep so let's talk about your experience here as a participant you know it's a it's a relatively compressed time frame you only got a couple days here and they pack a whole bunch into it what was your experience going through the clinic the first time the first time it was awesome. I mean, they throw a lot of information at you, but it's all good information. I've been to clinics where, you know, they try to change everything that you do, mm-hmm. you know, change your swing, change the way you ride. And I know that for me, working with Trey and Charlie, they see how you ride, you know, and they'll and they'll fix important parts, but you know, they they try and make it work for for the way you rope yeah, they and definitely the style meet, meet of your where rope. You're at, yes, right versus revamping yes. everything. And it was it was great, you know. I, I don't know when I was in the clinic, it didn't seem like it was that hectic and chaotic and busy. You know, mm-hmm. I did like that. You know, there was no downtime to where you're Start sitting around wasting head. time. You know, it's just it was it was it was good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Of the participants that have gone through, you've come back as an ambassador to give back. For me, I'd like to know what swung that pendulum where you took that initial experience and just decided, you know what, i got to return the favor and come on back and pour back into this deal. Charlie, uh, I was living in Stephenville, and I was in a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. And right after the clinic, things kind of went south in that relationship, and and I needed to get away, and Charlie, you know, Charlie was always inviting me to come to his house to rope for the headers-only clinics that he'd put on, so I'd go out there and heal all day long, mm-hmm. all the time, and, and uh, him and Jackie invited me to move out there on their place, and so I lived there for about a year, and just, just you know, just, just them doing that for me, and it meant a lot to me. Heck yeah. So, you know, I, hell, I'll do anything for yeah. Charlie and Jackie. And I, and I love this event. Yeah. It's great. You know, you get to 
come and spend time with the veterans and the people that have your mindset. Yes, sir. So. Yes, sir. So let's talk about the horse and how that horse has influenced some of your growth. Well, I basically, like I said, I, I grew up on horses. We ranched in Nebraska growing mm-hmm. up, and I uh, shoot. I've always had a horse ever since I could walk. Yeah. And it's just always been, it's always been one of my favorite things to do is go saddle up a horse. And, Heck yeah. And ride. And then, you know, I started all the colts for dad and then he'd finish them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just always, it was just, heck, that was the way How it was. How it was done. And then when I joined the Marine Corps, I, I spent my first two years in Japan. And then, you know, no horses there. And then yeah. from there I went to California and I met a really good family that lived about a mile off base. Shoot, they had about 40 head of horses, and we roped every night. And Heck, they took me in kind of as a family member there, too. And That's awesome. I ended up mm-hmm. working for them. And I'd yeah. get off duty and change clothes and go out there and exercise horses and stuff, and then we'd rope every night. So That's awesome. It's you, always been, horses have always been in around. my life. Yes, yes, sir. We know a lot of guys that, um, that may have gr- grown up around horses or, had horses growing up and then they go into the military or they start a job in law enforcement or as a firefighter or paramedic or something like that. And then they end up getting out and we, we all, we all talk about that transition that you make after you get out. How much do you think spending time with horses while you're in the Marine Corps and then not really having to make a transition over again into the horse or horsemanship or in the western world how much do you think that played into your where your headspace is now it definitely helped me out a lot you know being able to go to art and lorries you know and, and always having horses there you know i could go saddle every any horse i wanted there you know they they trusted me enough so having them and i know that when i did get out i didn't have any horses of my own i'd sold all my horses so you know i went to trucking right off the bat and I did notice I guess now that I look back on it once I once I started buying horses again and having horses as an outlet or you know yeah I just I don't know it just life started to get a little bit better better yeah yeah I mean I've always related with horses so yeah it's always helped me I guess I never really thought about that till now Good stuff. Well, Kip, I know you got to get back out there and get a whole bunch of people ran through, and we're getting ready for lunch here in a little bit, but we can't thank you enough for setting some time aside, sitting down with us and sharing some you of your experiences. No problem. no problem. We'll see you on the next one. You bet. Thank you. After listening to Kip, it's awesome to see how everything has come full circle. His start with horses, his time in the military, and here he is back in his element, not only growing personally, but providing others the opportunity to grow as well. Up next is Mr. Bill Force, who sits on the board of directors for the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. If you're a regular follower of Day 6 Ranch Podcast, you know that he's a previous guest. And in that episode, he discussed his time as a Marine Corps aviator, how that transitioned into his time flying helicopters in law enforcement, and how he uses the horse to give back to his warrior community. In this snapshot, we get to sit down with Bill and discuss the growth and the reach of the organization. It's incredible to watch how the goodwill of the foundation has grown like wildfire over the last few years. It's exciting to see what the future holds. And here is Mr. Bill Force. All right, Bill, it's great to have you on again. I know we just recorded about a month ago, and 
we discussed a lot of your involvement in the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, but here we are at the Horns and Heroes event. I wanted to get your input on how this event has grown over the last couple of years. Well, first off, thanks for having me again. I mean, the, the first time was great, and then, Jeremy, it's, it's a pleasure sitting here with you as, as well. I mean, it's great likewise, friendships likewise. we developed, yeah. and that's really, when we talk about the growth of this, that's one of the main key components to this is the friendships that are developed, the camaraderie that's happened. You know, we can talk about growth in terms of uh, several different ways, you know, the growth and the participation. You know, we have we now have uh, participants just in the clinic from uh, 22 different states since this started four years ago. Uh, we anticipate, of course, that growing more. Another way you measure growth can be by, you know, the money that's raised that, we, yeah. that we're going to disperse to the, the different organizations that we're supporting this year, and uh, that being the Building Homes for Heroes, the Brotherhood for the Fallen, and then, of course, Jeremy, uh, Charlie Five. We're, we're just honored to bring you on board this year, and you know, the board's excited to we're beside ourselves. sprint that check, for yes, t- that check tomorrow, or I guess it's Saturday, <laughs> Saturday afternoon to you. So that's another a measure of growth there. The one that's really difficult to measure, and the one that's probably the most important, is what's the impact uh, that you've had on people. And you know, throughout the past you know, two and a half days now, uh, we, we hear this constantly, is you know, what a great event. You know, I would have never been able to do this. I had no idea it was going to be, you know, this impactful. Mm-hmm. And as I mm-hmm. said to, to both of you gentlemen yesterday, you know, interview the, the participants, you know, after they've, after the magic has happened. The yeah. magic right, is right. once they've been here for, you know, through, they get close to the end of the, the clinic, then you really see this and you, you get to hear the feeling that's behind it and, mm-hmm. and so forth. So, uh, you know, growth in that way, uh, just my association with both of you, that's growth within our organization. Right. Um, right. Uh, and, and I think that that's going forward. What we're going to see is just continued growth uh, in, a, in a, particularly in the area of relationships. And that, yeah. that brings in more people, more enthusiasm, more camaraderie. And mm-hmm. so that's a long answer to your short question. No, it's a great answer and to it, a short it's, question. It's interesting, too, because uh, I, being doing the business that I do, I try to point veterans in directions of, of things that will help them grow in their horsemanship and have directions to send our veterans to and stuff like that. And and you come across organizations from time to time when you ask them um, about growth and you ask about results and some of them, they just kind of hem-haw and, and, and kind of dance around it. But being here and coming, this is my third year, just putting eyes on everything um, – I get to see and witness firsthand from kind of the shadows where, how it's grown and how it's, uh, it's impacting lives. And I mean, I, I can attest to the growth that you're saying. So it's, it's, it's beautiful to, to watch that and, and this year be a, a even bigger part of it. And we're, we're proud and just grateful that, it just helps us move our ball down the field, which in turns, it, it's... That's really what the name of the game here is, is, is how do we all work in symmetry with each other uh, for the for the greater good? Yep. And that's, you know, in helping our fellow servicemen and law enforcement and firefighters, you know, all the first responders that you know, we're involved with. And, you know, I mean, we're already starting out from a great position. That we have we have great people that we're going to deal with. Right off the bat, we know that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. You know, I, I'm part of the committee that selected, you know, the 16... Uh, people to come to the clinic this year so i I read the stories about them because they all write a bio and i and i get to know them that way but i've never seen them and so when they show up here on tuesday and i get to shake hands it's like i know them already yeah you know all you're doing now is just putting the face to it you already know they're great guys Mm -hmm. yeah so right yeah 
it's a it's a it's a fantastic community to be you know part of right and uh, you know with charlie and, and and trey you know this week boy what a what an honor to be able to to help out with this it's an honor to be here i'll tell you that and it's you talk about that hard metric to, to measure in, in how we're impacting lives or how the organization's impacting lives. And uh, Jeremy and I have had the privilege of sitting down with some of the ambassadors and alumni and their testimonies that will be shared later in this episode are, are living proof that there's lasting impressions that are left in that arena. There is. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's got their own, we'll call them demons, but I mean, everybody's got their own issues that they yeah. deal with. Right. And what we don't even realize is how many of those are addressed uh, just by, by the, again, by the camaraderie, the association, and so forth. Uh, it makes, makes you sleep good at night, that's for sure. Right. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So for those listening to this episode, how can they get involved in the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation? How can they support your guys' mission and your guys' purpose? Well, you know, again, as we grow, we, we're, we're wide open to everybody. We, you know, volunteers that come out and help us this year. That's one of the big strengths this year, uh, how we've been able to run things so smoothly is our volunteer cadre has just has blossomed. We have folks coming, you know, alumni coming back. We have mm-hmm. uh, a gentleman out here who wants to come next year and participate. And he just picked up a rope about two months ago for the first time. He's been out here throwing a rope for two days straight. Incredible. Uh, so we're, we're excited to see that. But, yeah, anybody who wants to get involved with this, you know, my phone number is, I put it out there with you and I'll, I'll do it again. But uh, we'll, uh, we, we'd love to have them. We can. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy right there that just interrupted me. Behind the mic. But no, we, we uh, you know, get in contact with us by email, by, by phone. Yeah. And, and come, come be part of us. You know, Heck we, yeah. This has, you know, two of our ambassadors um, have nothing to do with horses, they're not ropers. And they, up until, you know, about a year and a half ago, had never been on a horse, either one of them. And here they are today. They're not only, you know, helping with the organization, but they're ambassadors for yeah, us. serving. So, again, we're, we're expanding that. Uh, there's room. It's all inclusive. There's room for everybody here. Has, the roping is secondary. Yes, sir. To, to what the real mission is here. If you look at our mission statement, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, offering life-changing opportunities. You know, within this community that we're, you know, the Western lifestyle, and it's for right. the military, veterans, first responders, and their and their families, and that's a huge one too. Right. We're not limited yeah, again. The we don't limit this involved. just to the yep. the man or the woman that's on the horse or whatever. This this is family oriented. So yes, sir. Right, big part of us. And th- and that Western lifestyle, from your perspective, I know you and I have had long conversations about you know this the Western way of life and the impact that it can have. Can you, can you explain a little bit from your own perspective how and why men and women who have served in the military, served in our communities, why, why is it such a good fit? Boy, that's a great question, Jeremy. I think that the, the, the discipline, the self-awareness, the ability to succeed, you know, and if, if, we, if we bring the horse into that conversation – you know, it teaches us patience, but again, we were, you know, as as humans, and particularly in the in the line of work that we've all been involved with, we're structured. Yeah. And horses need structure, as we as we right. know. Right. So, in that regard, that's a great it's a great pairing, and I know with your organization, you see that, uh, and and we certainly do. So, the the purity, 
I'm not sure if that's the right word, but we'll still use it for now. The purity of that lifestyle, right? Where you know it's it's family, it's your religion, it's the honesty of it, it's it's the ability to succeed, it's the ability to fail, right? You know, if you look at a, a team roping, it's typically 50% of the teams don't succeed, but those guys don't quit and go home. You know, I had a I had a pretty poor practice day yesterday afternoon. I missed four in a row, and uh, guess what? The 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 sun came up today and. It's Old a new day, and all. my friends are still my friends. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And, uh, you know, here your we are. Your healer might be a little upset, but he's are. still your friend. <laughs> well, he hit my rope once, so it's <laughs> his fault. That is true. But, no, it's – I think all those combinations of things – I don't know if there's one answer that says that, you know, this is the reason. But, you know, the structure of it, the ability to, to succeed, the ability to fail, the ability to come back from that failure – all is part of what we deal with uh, in, in what we call this Western lifestyle and culture. And, and, you, and you touched on the, the family, right? And and given a place, uh, you know, from my perspective, the, the values and morals align, you know, and, and it's a place where I've watched these guys over yesterday and, and into today. Everybody said they're a little standoffish at first, but then they just kind of blend in. Each, each one is an individual, but they all blend in and, and it, becomes a place of comfort um and that's apparent here it's a it's it's plain as day to me here that these guys get here of course feeling a little uneasy about being in a new place new people new things but it doesn't take long and no it doesn't and you think about it you've, you've been roping for a while you're used to what you're used to and where you're going and so forth and you have your friends and they're they, and so forth now you now you come halfway across the country in some cases and you get into a strange arena and now we have Charlie Crawford and Trey Johnson two of the best no ever. pressure <laughs> there might be a little bit of nerves going on with <laughs> right. this guy oh now he's looking at me and oh yeah by the way these other 15 people that are here they're looking at me and they're all great yeah that's what we think mm-hmm. okay well they got the same things going on that I do mm-hmm. okay yeah. right yeah but we don't realize that and you're absolutely right that by the time you know, we get halfway through the first day, you know, now things have loosened up and they realize that Charlie and Trey are like, not only are they great human beings and great ropers, but geez, they're easy to talk to. Yeah. You know, they do make a conducive learning they're environment. They're just like us. Right. You know, so all that comes into play and it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. Well, Bill, I know you're busy and we've got to get you back out there in the pen to help some guys out, but we thank you for stopping in for a second and sharing kind of some of your experience and helping educate us on the growth of this event. Well, and it's my, just amazing. My pleasure. And, you know, you're obviously you're, you're part of our family and we, we cherish that. And I look forward to sitting down here again next year. Heck yeah, it's a yes, blessing. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks a lot. If you ever get the privilege to sit down with Mr. Bill Force, I'll tell you what, it's no secret where his passion and drive to serve the warrior community comes from. He's an invaluable asset to the foundation and is an incredible man of his word. As we wrap up episode number one here, we had the privilege of sitting down with Hunter and Meredith Hoskinson. Now, although Hunter was a participant in the clinic, Meredith was the brains of the operation working behind the scenes to create such a life-changing opportunity for the both of them. Listen closely to how Hunter got into the clinic and the incredible impact the foundation has had on the Hoskinsons in such a short amount of time. Here is Hunter and Meredith. All right, Hunter and Meredith, I want to thank you guys very much for sitting down with us. Actually, we're going to pass the mic and Meredith is going to take the reins right out the gate because you guys have a super, super unique story as to how Hunter became involved in this clinic. Yeah, so Hunter started riding when we were stationed at Fort Huachuca in Arizona about two years ago. And we had just gotten there from Alaska, so we had no horses in Alaska or anything. <laughs> Understandably. Yeah, understand. Yeah, right. 
So we got to Fort Huachuca, and the thing to do in Arizona is rope. Everybody mm-hmm. ropes. So he's like, I, I kind of want to get into that. That would be mm-hmm. really cool. So he graduated from, it was like the first course at Fort Huachuca, like uh, some like intro course. And I got him a steer head from Tractor Supply. And oh, it, was, yeah. it was just the yeah. head. Hey, we got to start somewhere. Right. And so we put it on, um, I stuck it in a block of shavings and we put it on a cooler on the front porch. Perfect. And started roping that. Um, so then he kind of had heard about the program. I think we had heard about it at that point, but he was still just, um, at that point, we were just going through on social media and just like following people that had team roping in their profile mm-hmm. picture. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just how we were building connections because yeah. we didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Uh, he found a trainer out there in the Tucson area named Scotty Rains, and he started riding and roping there. Well, we tried to get a longer stint at Fort Huachuca. It didn't work out. We PCS'd to Fort Gordon, Georgia, uh, Fort Eisenhower now. And over the summer, I saw when applications had opened. I think it was June 1st that applications opened. I saw a post on Facebook, and it was roping with Charlie Crawford. It was going to be in November, Veterans Day week. I was like, oh, we got to do that. Do we got to do that. <laughs> so uh, we had had a, a rough year. He was deployed over the holidays. So he was gone last year for Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. for Christmas. And then I had an accident and broke my back in January and he lost his rope horse that we had bought. In That's a lot Fort of life lived in a little time. It yeah. was. So we had kind of had a rough year and I was like, this would be yeah. such a yeah. win yeah. for him. Yeah. So put in the application and he didn't know. He had no idea that I That's submitted. That's the best part right there. So I got connected with um, some trainers in Georgia and I was like, you got to start doing riding lessons. You got to start doing rope. <laughs> like we got to hit the dummy every night. And he's like, man, like you're kind of like intense. Yeah. So what's going on? So then July 1st, um, we were on vacation and I was refreshing my email. I mean, like Every 30 seconds, I was refreshing, like trying to see if he got in. And finally, it popped up and I just burst into tears. And so uh, we were with his parents and I went and told his parents and then we got him in. We have it on video and he's all emotional because, like I said, it it was we had a rough year. So this was a huge win for us. And we saved every penny. We went and bought a living quarters because... We Dang. wanted to be here. We yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. be Experience in it. it. Yeah, it was, we were like, if we're going to do this, we're going to go all in. So we saved every penny. We bought our living quarters. We booked the spot. And, uh, man, we and just... here we are, Decatur, Texas, doing it. Grinded cool. to get here. That is awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, Hunter, how was it when the news was broken to you that, hey, uh, not only has your name been put in the hat behind your back, but you were actually selected, so we're going. It was a shock. I mean, um, my wife hit a nail on the head. And um, it was a dream to come here. Yeah. So I, I remember uh, a year ago when this happened, mm-hmm. um, I didn't put, we didn't put ourselves in or myself in, uh, but I messaged the guy who taught me, uh, Scotty in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this be a dream. Yeah. You know, this would be a dream to come to. And all he said was, we'll keep working. You'll get there. And little do we know, you know, six months later, she put me in for it. And, and here, we, uh, here we are and living it. Awesome. And the, the clinic was phenomenal. Yeah, let's build on that. Talk about yeah. your experiences in the clinic. Yeah, so the, the clinic, you know, Charlie breaks it down to a micro, if, mm-hmm. you, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he really likes to hit that crawl, walk, run phase, yeah. which we, yeah. you know, idolize in the military. Uh, our training progression, structured learning, and uh, he hits it, you know, hits That's it awesome. on the head. And it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And the learning environment and how he creates it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
they say they're going to pick out something you've done wrong, but it's not that they just pick it out. They understand like, hey, this is how you fix it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great clinic. And then the, the message behind the clinic mm-hmm. is uh, phenomenal. Yeah. You so know? let's let's talk about that because, yeah. I mean, there is so much to learn in the yeah. band, but a lot of those lessons are applicable to life. Yeah. So I know this is all a new experience for both of y'all, but what do you think is something that you gained in the arena as far as horsemanship and roping that you might be able to take outside the line? You know, it's the mental side. So I struggle. I've struggled my entire life with uh, failure mm-hmm. um, inside the military, outside the military. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've, hard on yeah, I've overcome a lot. Uh, I failed a lot in the military. You know, thankfully, you know, looking good for major, but, you know, yeah. It's always a struggle, and I've always mental side of me, mm-hmm. and then roping. You know, mm-hmm. it's a uh, six seconds, and if you miss, oh man, yep, you know, that, that mental time, side that goes your time, travel, money, yeah. travel, and uh, it really affected me when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got was fortunate to start on good horses. Then when we got our own horse, my roping went down, mm-hmm. and it really affected me. Mm-hmm. And then um, before the clinic, I just I would get super frustrated at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it would take me out. Um, round robins jackpots yeah. and uh i just we're almost shut down and yeah. uh, so now here i talked to trey johnson talked to charlie about it and uh the second day you know i missed a couple times and it was okay yeah you know it's yeah. it's a positive outlook and then taking that back into your life you know you're in it for the long haul and like trey said you know you get the rope we yeah. get the rope you know it's a, a very fortunate event that we get to do and you know applying that to the rest of your life that you know just thankful to be here kind yeah. of thing your experience with failure is not uncommon in the slightest, especially those that are driven mm-hmm. and especially those that are purpose driven in life. And my bit of advice that I would share with you being a couple of years down the road, uh, we oftentimes attach failure to inadequacy, mm-hmm. but we don't see the fact that failure is an incredible opportunity. Yeah. I so many people agree. walk through life and don't even realize that the quote unquote failures are taking place yeah. and never have the opportunity to get better. Yeah. But here you have, you have guys that are calling you out grace, gracefully. Mm-hmm. And not only are they calling you out gracefully, they're demanding excellence, but they're supporting that excellence with that structured learning right. environment. Yep. It's incredible. It you is. Know, what a huge opportunity for both of you. I love the story. It's incredible. What would you, if you guys got a chance to thank the foundation, what would you say? We, being a beginner in the industry, we're both first generation horseback riders we're mm-hmm. first generation with all of this stuff our parents you know we didn't yeah. we weren't born on ranches yeah right? you are blazing the trail right so just to have the opportunity to be in this facility having a face-to-face conversation <laughs> with some of the best in the world yeah. mm-hmm. is incredible and an mm-hmm. opportunity that we would never have yeah. otherwise and we're yeah. just so thankful that we had the ability to come out here yeah. and experience this because i don't think you know I don't know if we would have ever gotten that opportunity. So, mm-hmm. and after having a, a rough year. Well, good on you guys for creating it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Like she said, you know, I was in Iraq at the phone call that she was in the ICU in Baghdad. And, um, not the phone call you want to get? No, not at all. And then the second phone call was the vet saying, Hey, your horse has to be put down. And that's not the phone call you want to get either. Yeah. And I was like, well, thankfully my wife is alive. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd put down a hundred horses for she could be alive. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I was home in 72 hours and um we built you know built her back up and uh she was able to ride again thankfully I was back in the arena with him in my back brace with my wheelchair yeah. right there and i'd you know we'd be out in the arena together yeah. with him riding and i'm yeah. like yeah 
we're doing it. So yeah. and, um, <laughs> whether I'm still in the wheelchair yeah, yeah, yeah. and a back brace or if I just have back surgery, yeah, we're going, we're going, yeah. we, you know, we almost got out of horses, you know, April, we were like, man, you know, we're, we're really, I wouldn't say we're cut out for this, but you know, it's yeah. just really the path that God or life wants to take us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is a sign, mm-hmm. maybe this is a sign that we mm-hmm. shouldn't do it. And, um, we sold a horse and then it was that, you know, well, let's keep, let's keep working. Yeah. Let's keep, keep trying. If you know, the doors keep open. We both love this. Keep going. We'll go so why shut it? Yeah. And so we bought the horse I have now and, um, you know, I started working with him and then the clinic, when we got mm-hmm. put into it, it was a drive. It was That's a dream awesome. and yeah. it, it has been a dream. So the, the thanks I can do to the clinic, it's just not enough. Yeah. You know, the people behind it, the, the conversations I've had, and uh, like I said, it was a dream. And the camaraderie, the friendships that you've made, we've both made, yeah. um, I think will last a lifetime. Oh, for sure. You know, Heck people of a story. that came here and, you know, we've been on, got on Facebook, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy with Charlie Five. Oh, yeah. I got him on Facebook yeah. now. And uh, he said, stop in, you know, Troy, mm-hmm. um, you know, he sits on the yeah. board and, uh, you know, he said, come rope with him. Yeah. And it's just the, awesome. the, just the connections the that connections we've made and, and um, we're just thankful yes beyond so belief thankful. Yeah. yeah awesome well thank you guys very much for sitting thank down with you. us for a second and sharing appreciate some of your experience it. i appreciate it well that ends episode number one i'll tell you what when bill and i first sat down and dreamt up this opportunity we only wanted to capture a few little snapshots to encompass all that went into the liberty and loyalty foundation and their american hero celebration events but it didn't take any time at all for one episode to grow into two episodes and to be honest we had to cut it short this could have gone on for hours and hours and hours There are some incredible people that serve through this foundation, and we couldn't be more than honored to steward the opportunity and hear from the men and women that breathe life into such a great event. We hope to see you all next week with episode number two on the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. Thanks for joining us on Day 6 Ranch Podcast. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and stay connected through our monthly newsletter, explore our free content, and dive into our leadership and human optimization educational opportunities. As always, subscribing to our show is a huge help. But more importantly, if a message you heard today moved you, then please share the show with just one person who may benefit from the same message. We must continue to take care of our own, so stay in the fight, and we'll see you on the next one.